welcome to another episode of the Mashless Button Smash Cast. I am Jared. I'm here with Scourge of Iron Forge, Games Industry Public Defender, Nick Zonkevich. Hey, Happy New Year. How's everybody doing? That's Happy New Year indeed. First podcast of 2015. Really didn't get a chance to give 2014 a proper send-off. It didn't but, deserve one. No, it was, that was kind of a shitty year, wasn't it? Especially if you look at some of the year-end reviews, I think I think Polygon especially had. Uh, I think it was like why 2014 was a terrible year and you should hate yourself and die. <laughs> well, I mean, Polygon's always writing stuff like that, <laughs> so it's kind of hard to tell. Like everything's bad, it's the worst. But uh, yeah, here we are, new year, uh, and we'll see if uh, the same shit happens. Probably will. <laughs> so, so we'll see. Even though I don't really know what's going to top Gamers Gate or Gamergate. That, that's going to be tough. But anyway, we are here and um, let's talk a little bit about what we missed in the last three weeks. I think it's been three weeks since the last podcast. Yes. You know, I, I, I know it's not, this, this isn't when we do the what have you been playing, but I just want to point out that what we missed in the last three weeks is that I got a PlayStation 4. Yes, he did. Nick got a PlayStation 4 with uh, Destiny. Yes, I finally joined the ranks of uh, everybody else. I'm, 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 I'm one of the cool kids now. So, uh, look me up, WookieBH. Uh, you made the right choice because, uh, I don't know, I got my Xbox in, in uh end of November and I've turned it on like seven times, maybe. Not even. Actually, I got Sunset Overdrive because, oh, I got a gift certificate to Best Buy. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go check it out. And the gift certificate, I, oh, I got two, actually. Uh, two gift cards, and it equals out to be 45 bucks. So I'm like, okay, we'll go to Best Buy and check, check, we'll see what, if I can get anything. And Sunset Overdrive was exactly $45 because it was on sale. Nice. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, this game got good reviews. I'll check it out. And it kind of sucks. <laughs> I don't know why it got rave reviews. Maybe because it's like one of the only things to play on the Xbox. Um, at least it feels like it's it was one of the only exclusives or uh, decent exclusives. But it really felt like sometimes like I want to play a shooter while jumping on trampolines. That's what it plays like. Like it's not a fun, not really a fun game to play. It's kind of dumb. So you uh, like think- trampolines in general. Uh, I'm neutral on trampolines. Like, does that make any sense? Like, <laughs> see, if you're neutral, then I feel like you don't like them. Because if you had any, if, if anything, you would like trampolines. And if you don't like trampolines, then you don't like trampolines. So that that may be your problem. I don't dislike trampolines. You, you kind of do. You don't like trampolines, so you you dislike them. Oh, okay, it's one or the other. Yeah. All right. Well, either way, <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I got Sunset Overdrive, and I'm thinking about trading it back in. So that's that. Huh. Other than that, I've just been tra- I've been playing Destiny. I'm still playing Halo Master Chief Collection. It's still the best game on the system. Sorry, Microsoft. Have you had any of the? Well, I guess it's the uh, the multiplayer that's had all the problems for that, right? Yeah, and I haven't played the multiplayer. Actually, I want to play the the beta for Halo Five. Okay. Simply because I, I watched some videos of it, I'm like, oh, that actually looks kind of cool. But isn't it? It's three four three's doing that. The same people that couldn't handle the Master Collection. But it's also the same people who made Halo Four, which I thought was an amazing game. And that had multiplayer. That did. Of course, because it's Halo. Of course. So, uh, I don't know. We'll, 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think I've talked about it before about the the, the Master Chief Collection being the best game on Xbox, and that still stands. So I don't want to dig too deep into that again, because we talk enough shit about Microsoft anyway. We do. We do. I've been getting feedback that we talk a little too much shit about Microsoft. Really? Like, well, maybe they should stop doing horrible shit, and we wouldn't be talking <laughs> not so about much it. That, not so much that, but uh, we're a little too harsh on the Connect. Oh, who the fuck said no? You're lying. Nobody <laughs> said that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody said that. <laughs> we have feedback. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's from Nick's alternate account. Yeah. <laughs> it's a person, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's Boba Fett Wookiee. Oh. <laughs> All right, so let's, see, let's go. What's, what happened while we were going? Just some of the bigger things. Uh, obviously, the PSN and Xbox outages on Christmas Day, which... I mean, I don't know what type of statement the hackers were trying to make by making them go down. All they did was just piss off everybody who was trying to play their games. You know, I kind of wonder. Well, I mean, I, I, no, I, I mean, I don't know. This is completely useless speculation, really, because I think the the hackers have actually been identified. But it kind of makes me wonder if, like, Sony and Microsoft would be like, you know, a shit ton of people are going to be getting consoles on Christmas. We don't know if we can handle it. So let's just say that there might be hacking that day. I don't think so. <laughs> that would be a really bad move on both their parts. Now, that day was actually a win for Microsoft, because you know what? Xbox Live came back on later that day. Yes. Xbox Live was up late. I think I was able to get on the Xbox Live around 7-ish, I think. Well, well, I guess my question, because I, I, I'm not... I did not open my, I got my PlayStation actually before Christmas and I didn't open it till like a week after Christmas. So I missed all the I missed all the hoopla here. But my understanding is was it that the attack stopped earlier from Microsoft and so Sony was still under attack for longer or was it that whatever they did that took Sony down, Sony was just down longer. Sony was just down longer. They stopped the attacks and Sony wasn't just down like longer for a few hours they were down longer for days days yes yeah like the xbox was up that night psn didn't come back up until well for the majority of people because some people were reporting that they were able to get on like friday but then they got knocked off again uh like actually one of my uh people in my clan he had a he had a screenshot of him in the tower by himself huh <laughs> on, on cool. friday morning and um that's when, you go play, that's when you go play Crucible and it's just you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he got knocked out again. But um, Saturday afternoon, like I think Saturday around 5-ish, I was finally able to get back in and play. And uh, some people were still reporting problems until Monday. Uh, some people actually had to go to like the, a setting in their PlayStation and change it. They had to change the M- the MTU setting or something like that. Yeah, I didn't I've, have to do that. I've I've, I've heard of, I, I think people had to do that on the PlayStation Three sometimes when there were outages. I think that's one of those things. It's one of those things I think they tell you to try when there's any general connectivity issues to to tweak that and see if that helps. And it normally doesn't. But right. Yeah. Yeah. See, I um, I definitely I, I didn't have to do that. Some people did, but yeah, I was Monday. I'm on Facebook, and some people are still. I can't get on this bullshit and blah blah, and of course, I'm like I can get on with no problem. Like, you know, people, <laughs> people hate that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People, that is not some shit that people, uh, 
you know. Well, that's, that's, that's because Sony gave you a direct connection to the to the PSN in, in, uh, in exchange for you talking shit about Xbox. So. Oh yeah, they like us over there. Exactly. You know, except for this part. This is, that that whole thing just shows that Sony really needs to step it up. Like Microsoft still has the better network. You know, I wonder, and I, I again, this is purely speculation, and I doubt this is true at all. Um, but I wonder if maybe in light of the, you know, because this isn't the first time that Sony's been hacked, or they really weren't hacked; it was a DDoS attack. But then they also had the recent uh, attacks on the rest of their network with the whole Sony Pictures debacle. And I wonder if maybe they were like, "Well, we're down for a DDoS." Let's just stay down and do some maintenance. They might have done that. They that that is a, a that is there's a possibility. The, my retort to that though, it was Christmas week. Like, oh, <laughs> like, like, like there's no one. Not a shitty time. But, yeah, well, I don't think I don't think they're that dumb to be like, well, since we're down already, let's just do it right now. No, like people bought had people had just gotten PlayStations that morning and they wanted to play them and they couldn't. But, but you can't miss out on what you haven't experienced yet. And so the best time to have the outage is right when you get the PlayStation. And this is why Nick is the games industry public defender, because he <laughs> just says bullshit like that all the time. And I'm like, Nick, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Go do something else. <laughs> like, and, and that's my appearance on the MASHcast for 2015. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Like that, that, like it really does show that, so, that Microsoft still has the better network. Why can't we get it all? Why can't we get a console that has the interface and the speed and the power of the PlayStation 4 and the policies of Sony, but the infrastructure of Microsoft? Why can't we do that? It sucks. <laughs> it's the balance of life, Nick. Pretty much. Well, you know, I think part of the problem is just that if there was a console like that, it'd be so powerful or, or so popular that everybody would flock to it and DDoS it itself, basically. Uh, maybe not to mention like it could like we, we've seen what happened when these console manufacturers get too big for their britches you know the launch of the playstation 3 and yes. then there's perfect example and then perfect example number two is the launch of the xbox one when they get too big for themselves they forget what what brought them there yeah we don't want that so so one of the next big things that happened was this huge assassin's creed patch the seven gig patch that came down uh, for the Xbox One version of Assassin's Creed, which they call that a patch. I call that finishing the damn game. That's ridiculous. <laughs> seven gigs? Dude, I have games that aren't even seven gigs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, man. that's that, So a seven gig patch came down. Basically what... I guess the Xbox was still having some massive frame rate issues. So instead of... I guess they were trying to figure out what, how to fix it. And the solution they came to was just replace parts of the map. They replaced like certain like uh, assets in in the game, and that's why the patch was seven gigs. Now, the funny thing about the patch is that the patch itself had a bug. The patch had a bug that will cause some people to re-download the entire game. So you go to get this patch, and then you find you later on you find out that you're re-downloading forty gigs of data. I hope you're not on a metered connection. Yeah, seriously, because <laughs> uh. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. That, that sucks big time. So, yeah, I mean, this is... I mean, I know Assassin's Creed... I, well, 2014 was a was a bad year for bugs and games, man. You had the, the Master Chief Collection, which some people say it took them up to December or toward the end of December to get most of the bugs actually ironed out. 
and then you have you know Assassin's Creed, which was massive, man, like yeah. unbelievable. Like, I yeah. think I don't know. I, I, I'm amazed. I mean, Ubisoft is is renowned for trying to push out you know the Assassin's Creed game every year, and like this is the year that that caught up to them. That that game was not ready. It needed to be held back at least, you know, at least, well, I guess until December, as we've seen. Um, yeah. But uh, no, it needed to be held back. And it, it wasn't because, you know, that's what they do is get an Assassin's Creed game out every, was it November that came out? Yeah. So. Actually, end of October. Sorry. End of October. Yeah. I mean, you know, so the game wasn't ready when it should, you know, for their, their quarterly reports or whatever. And, you know, they, they pushed it out and they shouldn't have. And. Presumably, they're still going to put out the Assassin's Creed game next year. I think we're, we're, we've uh, there have been reports of uh, that being in development. And oh, yeah, screenshots and shit like that. It's, uh, it's supposed to be in London? Yes, yes. So, yeah, I guess we'll, you know, we'll see if they, you know, bulldoze through and make sure that that comes out on time, regardless of the state of the game. And that one's going to have even more pressure because this will be the first time that it's not Ubisoft Montreal. To my yeah. knowledge, it's like Ubisoft Quebec. That's all Canada. That's all the same thing. Uh, you just took my line, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's like Ubisoft Quebec or something like that. We uh, have no more Canadians on the show to defend them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, that that it's gonna be. I don't know. Whenever whenever you have a a a, a, a franchise. That is uh, has been like embedded, or it's known for having that one studio that's pushing out quality work. Uh, when you see it go to another studio, especially for a major release, that's a little worrisome because most of the time it's just not as good. Like look at look at the, look at the difference between Bioshock and Bioshock Two. Okay, mm-hmm. huge difference. As far as a lot of people are concerned, there's only Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. Yes, <laughs> you know. But- uh, Oh, but, sorry, you know, ahead. you talk about a studio pushing out quality, and then Ubisoft Montreal did, uh, you know, did the last one, which we're talking about and slagging. Very true. That, so, now, that is like a Infinity Ward situation. Yes. That you have right there, where, you know, after after Modern Warfare 3, what, Modern Warfare Modern Warfare, 4, uh, Modern Warfare was good, period. But Modern Warfare 2, people were like, ah, I don't know. And Modern Warfare 3 was like, okay, this game sucks. And then you had their last one, which Call of Duty Ghosts, which actually didn't do that great. And I know that it didn't do that great because it was on Steam sale at the in winter, like the winter of that year. It was on Steam sale, like for like fifty percent off. Okay. Now the reason I know this Call of Duty is probably doing a little bit better because it was only twenty five percent off <laughs> the <this> Steam sale. <laughs> okay. But yeah, like you know, Infinity Ward, they were they were the studio that studio made Call of Duty. And then Treyarch pretty much kind of took that crown from them because they made better. They made better Call of Duty games for the Black Ops series. And I actually I beat um, Advanced Warfare over the Christmas break, and that game's good. It is a good Call of Duty game, certified. Bam, putting the stamp on it. Call of Duty um, uh, Advanced Warfare is a good game. No, no, and, and now I, I just want to be clear here. You said it's a good Call of Duty game because I know you've you've expressed concern at least as far as the sales for uh, Advanced Warfare that it was too futuristic, and that a lot of people that like Call of Duty they don't care for like these sci-fi aspects of their games, uh, and they don't get into that. Um, 
so I mean, you're saying it's a good game, but as far as it feeling like Call of Duty and, and retaining whatever Call of Duty ness, you know, qualities it may have had, um, your it, it met your standards of approval then. It did. I think it did well. And actually, even with the multiplayer, people are still playing it like Call of Duty. The only difference that I see a lot of people doing are they're using the boost pack to jump up on things. But I'm not seeing a lot of movement with the left and right, like the dodge left and the dodge right. Like, you know, especially during gunfights. That's how I was killing a lot of people. I was killing a lot of people because, oh, dodge left, dodge right. Or, you know, do two, do, do, do two dodges in a row, and, like, they run out of bullets and have to reload, and that's when I kill them. You know, I was doing that a lot, and it seems like people haven't adjusted to that yet. Or it could be, because I'm still playing in the lower levels, I haven't played that much. So I could just be playing Scrubs. <laughs> you know, that, that, is a, that is a good possibility. I'm curious to see what the higher level gameplay is like in the multiplayer, but I did have a good time doing both, playing the single player. Single player was really good, and uh, the good thing about the single player is that... It, it didn't feel like you were doing the same thing over and over again. You weren't just going through levels and shooting people. There, there were several stealth sections of the game. Stealth in Call of Duty. Huh. Imagine that. So it was, it was good. It had, the, 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 the tools and utilities you had to use were cool. It was nice. And it looked phenomenal on PC. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. It's, it, was, it, was, it looked phenomenal on PC. Even my friend who plays Call of Duty on... Uh, on Xbox One, he saw it. He was like, wow, that looks really good. So It's going to get better. <laughs> only, yeah, hopefully. I, I think next year is actually... is next year, next year, I think it's a Treyarch Call of Duty coming out. So I'm expecting that to be good. And then after that, we have another Infinity War one. So we'll see. But, um... Yeah, how did we get on that topic? Oh, yeah, talking about the, the switch of the, um... Actual uh, changing of the guard for the games. But, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens next year with Assassin's Creed. I mean, last year's Assassin's Creed I thought was way better. Um, so far. Like, I haven't finished Assassin's Creed. That's the thing. Like, this is this year's Assassin's Creed, I, I was able to put down. Actually, I ejected it from my PS4 to play Destiny, and I haven't put it back in. That's why I haven't played it. Have you taken Destiny out of your PS4 at all? Well, to play Assassin's Creed, when I, when I took a small break. But now that Destiny's back in, it's in. Okay. So, like, yeah, I'm having a hard time taking it out to play Assassin's Creed. <laughs> but Assassin's Creed 4 was... De- so, like, I couldn't put that down. I had to play it. I just had to keep going with Assassin's Creed 4. It was awesome. Uh, so, last piece of, the, I guess, Ubisoft news that happened while we were going is the fact that, you know, since uh, Assassin's Creed was having so many problems, um, Ubisoft is offering a free game in place of the... Season pass because the, the DLC for Assassin's Creed is going to be free this year because they've been having so many problems. Yes. But anybody who bought the season pass, they're going to get a free game. Well, there's a caveat. <laughs> if you download or take the free game, you also lose the right to sue Ubisoft. Yes. Uh, which uh, is not that big of a deal. I don't think anybody was planning to sue well, Ubisoft over it. Not only that, but I think even if you did join one of those class action lawsuits, you usually don't get get much anyway much you get maybe fifteen dollars which yeah. frankly the free game at this point is actually worth more yeah and the thing is i mean the only reason you join a class action lawsuit is to actually punish the company which is why i don't like pre-dispute arbitration agreements because you know 
Sure, if, if, a company, if a company does something to you or they lose your credit card information, they, pay, they can pay you off, and that's significantly cheaper to them. And you win. You know, it's a win-win situation. But sometimes a corporation needs to kind of get taught a lesson. And you can't do that without, really without, uh, I, I think, a class action lawsuit. Because they, they, they definitely feel the pain or more of a pain when that happens. Because very public, they spend more money, you know? Yeah. But the thing is, like, it's not that big of a boon for the for the per, for the people in the class action lawsuit, except the lawyers. So there's there's really no point to it if you if you if you think about it from that angle. So I don't blame people for not doing class action lawsuits. But having the option there would be nice. But in this case, I don't think it's that big of a deal, to be honest with you. So I hope you know. I think what well, the the um, season pass was thirty bucks, and you can get games that like Far Cry Four or other games that cost like sixty dollars. So it's a good trade off. Yeah. All right, so let's see. Let's let's move on to our news bites. We only really have two because it is the slow season, folks. Um, nothing really heating up yet. I think GDC. Actually, I can't remember when GDC started. I have to look that up. Uh, well, CES came and went, but I mean, there wasn't a lot. Nothing gaming. Nothing much in terms of gaming from that, except that gaming toothbrush that we saw. Yeah, that looked fun. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a toothbrush that had sensors in it, and it, it was a Bluetooth connection to your phone. And it pulls up a mouth with teeth, and monsters are attacking the teeth, and you have to brush, use your toothbrush on your teeth to to take to kill the monsters. So it was a game for kids, but that's kind of cumbersome, don't you think? Like to hold up a phone while you're brushing your teeth. Yeah, but, but I feel like it's one of those things, too, where, like, kids these days are so used to having phones, like, from the moment they leave the womb, that for them to be brushing their teeth while holding a phone, it won't be that stretch, you know, that much of a stretch for them. But, uh, I don't know. On the on the one hand, I feel like, on the one hand, I feel like maybe I'm just being older curmudgeonly, like, you know, back in my day, we just brushed our teeth because it was good for us. We didn't need no, you know, gamification to, to make it fun. Um but on the other hand, like I see the value of that. Like, oh yeah, you know, if 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 uh, if you know tr- a kid trying to get to level eight in the toothbrushing game, you know, has clean teeth because he's been brushing and and, and you know keeping his mouth clean, um, more power to him. So I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't buy it. Not as a parent. Get in the goddamn bathroom and brush your teeth, boy. <laughs> That's how you handle that. <laughs> That's how you handle that one. Exactly. Well, yeah, so. I look forward to the sequel where you have to floss. <laughs> Nick, that is coming, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but uh, let's see. So, News Bites. Assassin's Creed movie got a release date, which uh, now I actually I lost the page. What was the actual release date of the Assassin's Creed movie? It was uh, December 21st, 2016. 2016. Yeah. So, so that's good. That gives them the entire uh, winter season to delay the release of the game in case it's not ready. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. Because uh, the movie is based off of the first Assassin's Creed, so you'll but probably still, get, you'll probably if you buy Assassin's Creed or pre-order it, you'll probably get movie tickets. Yeah, or some kind of discount. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So so far, it looks like the story is intact. In the film, I'm reading this now. And in, in the film, a bartender is captured by a large corporation and is forced into a machine named the Animus, allowing him to relieve, uh, relive the memories of his ancestors most of whom are assassins, to retrieve powerful and dangerous artifacts. Okay. Uh, I really hope they stick with the, with the story 
and don't try to do a whole bunch of stuff. Like, you know, get the artifacts from Assassin's Creed 1 and 2 in one fucking, you know, movie. Because that would kind of piss me off. To be honest. Like, I don't want to sit in one movie and see, you know, him go through Altair and Ezio and Connor. You know? Yeah. And also, they may, who knows, they may try to add some new assassins in there. Who knows what they're going to try to do? I don't trust this at all. <laughs> like, to be honest with you, it's fine. I don't know. It, de- it depends. I mean, they might feel like it has franchise value. And so, in that case, they would want to hold back on using the other assassins. But then again, if they know, like, it's kind of a one and done deal, like, they may, you know, they may want to throw Connor in there. They may want to throw, you know, the other assassins. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing about video games, especially now, like, the stories are so good and well-written that you don't really have to rewrite them for, you know, you don't have to rewrite them for movies. In my opinion, you don't. I mean, there is some condensing that needs to be done, obviously, because games, you know, should be a minimum of, like, five hours. <laughs> and it's like, you know, the original Assassin's Creed, I think I played that game for, like, 20 hours by the time I was done. Definitely Assassin's Creed 2 I played for a really, really long time. So, you know, it needs to be condensed, but I I just don't know. I don't... I, I, I have... I just have a, the feeling that they're going to fuck it up. Well, there's always... Well, I, I mean, one, there's, there's people whose job it is to rewrite things for movies. And I think it's one of those things that whenever you take a story to the people that you know produce movies, they're always like, "Okay, this is a nice story, but let's make it a movie." Like they they kind of their job is to improve it. So I can't imagine that even if you had a, a video game story that was perfect, that it would actually go through untouched. And this, the second thing too is it's hard to gauge exactly how long the story is inside of a game. I guess you could try to measure like the cutscenes, maybe like you know, is there two and a half hours worth of cutscenes in Assassin's Creed? Um, cause it, it may well be that, you know, they need to, you know, trim, trim it down a little bit to make it fit into, you know, it's probably not even going to be two hours. It'll probably be like 110 minutes or something or a hundred, hundred minutes will probably be the length. So, you know, they'll, it'll, it'll be, you know, I'm sure that they'll have to do some kind of reworking there. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you that video game stories are amazing. I think, see, I look at video game stories though, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to see them as a movie anymore. Like to me, a movie, a movie with its two-hour runtime is limited. I, I want to see, like, I want to see Mass Effect, the like ten-hour HBO TV series. Yeah, that's actually that's a good point. That's a very good point. You know, give give me Dragon Age on AMC. Right. Yeah, because movie. You're right. Movies are not not movies, but video games are much better suited for series because of how long they are. And and even then, like they're kind of fundamentally broken up into chapters and, and you know parts of the story as you progress through, it. you know the, the the levels effectively. Like you know that you know the time you spend, you know like level one to two in like an RPG. That's that's your first episode, you know. And then you can you know I think it breaks down much easier. You you can fit everything into a video game or from a video game into a movie. But I think it's there's a lot more um, a lot more mashing that you need to do in order to get it all to. to fit the framework properly yeah so yeah, that's coming out we'll see what happens like i said i'm expecting the worst <laughs> and uh hopefully it, it uh doesn't meet my expectations it's I higher <laughs> i just wonder how long it's going to take them to do the cgi if they'll if they'll have to uh if all the characters will actually have faces <laughs> yeah uh nick that no that joke that bad joke didn't hit that hard no it didn't i don't know 
Oh, well, maybe it's Nick is just warming up for 2015. So. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new year. I got I got to throw out all my old material, write new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so also oh, the only other thing we haven't really in news bites is that Evolve, which is a co-op shooter, like you know, when, from what I've seen, Evolve, it's you have what, what four four players and they're fighting a fifth player who's the bad guy or the monster or the whatever. Yes. No, it's the mon- you know it's the monster because that's you know it's you know four on one it sounds like it's not balanced but that one is is giant and badass and so the four on one may actually be unbalanced in the direction of the four <laughs> that they may be undermanned. Yeah. So um, uh, on X- the Xbox One beta of Evolve, uh, if you get the actual beta or pre-order it. And I guess that puts you into the beta. Um, you won't have to grind for these other characters. Like yes. you'll you'll have instant access to a bunch to a few monsters and then some other and some characters. Actually, I think all, actually are they all monsters? Is that no? That is? It's uh, the wraith monster, and then also uh, I think uh, the four characters uh, the, or the four hunters: Parnell, Abe, Kyra, and Cabot. Right. And they're they're all on the the third tier, which uh, I think uh, takes usually about ten to fifteen hours to grind to. Right. Yeah. So uh, you get you can skip grinding and just get them immediately, and then that will actually transfer into the main game. So I don't know. For me, that wouldn't be that appealing simply because the grind is a part of the game for me, and it's one of the things I enjoy doing. If that makes any sense. Like I enjoy leveling up and unlocking stuff, and if they take that away from me, that's kind of a turnoff. Well, presumably, I mean, you could still do the the grind. You just won't actually get the reward. You could show discipline and not play those characters until the ten hour point at which you would have unlocked them. No, it doesn't work that <laughs> way. Sorry. Well, it make it makes sense for them to do that in the beta, if only because like you need people to test them. You know, it, it wouldn't make sense if you you know. If you have these characters locked, and some people may not even make it ten hours into the beta, um, that you know you want to make sure that these characters are in the rotation. You know they're getting played, so people you know they're they're balanced properly. You know it's not when you get to the live servers and those characters start getting unlocked, and it was like, whoa, this is buggy and terrible. Right. Uh, so I mean, it makes sense for them to do that there. Uh, I'm a little surprised that they would do that for the live game. Uh, but then again, I guess they figure if you've played it enough in the beta, but then there's no guarantee that you've played it in the beta because you didn't unlock them in the beta. It almost seems to me like the reward should be if you unlocked them in the beta, that should carry over. Because the people the people who aren't getting the characters in the beta also aren't getting them live. They're gonna, you know, they'll do the grind to get them and then they'll do the grind again. It's almost a dis- disincentive to play that much in the beta. Right, very true. So, well... I'm sure, like, some character people like that. Like, I know some people who are just, you know, getting uh, power level through and not really working for their characters or their upgrades or anything like that. I guess that's fine. A little lazy for me, but whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's going to be the end of the news bites. Let's get Wait, into our... Oh, go ahead. What's up? I just want to say one more thing, though. This feels a bit like the uh, the GameStop pre-orders. Where it's like, oh hey, you know, like pre-order from GameStop and get, you know, this like exclusive gear. 
And it feels kind of the same way, like pre-order through Xbox games and get this, these exclusive characters, except they're not exclusive. You can unlock them still with time. And I kind of feel like this is the model everything should follow is that, yes, you can, you know, kind of, you know, pay early and get the, you know, it, 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 you know, kind of pr- cut out the grind to get these things. Not even so much cut out the grind, but it's like you can either pay pre-order and get these bonuses for pre-ordering or you can put the time in in the game to unlock them eventually. So that it's not like you didn't pre-order and you miss out on this exclusive content. Right, right. Okay, so moving on to the actual topics. Uh, first thing, PlayStation Now is being released on January 13th, it looks like. Yeah, it's... And, I mean, they, they had the beta where, you know, a lot of, there was a lot of talk because there was like, what, you know, some games were like, uh, pay $4 to play for four hours or, you know, stu- stupid stuff like that. Like, it was, it was not... Uh, the pricing scheme they had, maybe they thought it was a good idea at the time, but obviously it wasn't in terms of in, in practice. So PlayStation Now will release on January 13th for $20 a month. So you basically pay 20 bucks. And I don't know, I wonder if the uh, if you'll still have the option to pay play for a few hours or not, but uh, you pay $20 a month, and that is unlimited play to their entire PlayStation Now library uh, for that 30-day period. Okay, uh, so you and if you buy a, a chunk of three months, you can actually get it for fifteen dollars each. So that's forty-five dollars for ninety days of PlayStation Now access, and that ain't bad. Like, I actually saw some people complaining about it. I'm just like, no, nah, that's not bad at all. Especially if the PS4 is your first PlayStation console, or you didn't have a PS3. Like I have a friend who didn't have a PS3, and I was telling him about Infamous and how cool of a game it was. And he, you know, I didn't think he'd really get a chance to play it, but now he can for 20 bucks to go through Infamous 1 and 2 to be able to do that. He could go, definitely go through Infamous 1 and 2 in, 30, in under 30 days. Yeah, I mean, even, even if you had a PS3, um, unless you bought all the games, or even, you know, most of the games, like, it's probably a good deal in that regard that you would have access to those. Yeah. Um, and even then, too, and even then, too, like once you know you sign up and then you have access to that, you know the system, you can still play games that you already own on the PS3. I mean, you probably won't get to pull your saves over, but you know, still, like you know, maybe you had Infamous on the PS3, but now you don't need to keep your PS3 out to play Infamous as well. You can, you know, you know, put your PS3 away or you know put it somewhere else that you may not have access to it or you know trade it in or whatever, and still enjoy that game. Because you're paying the twenty the twenty dollars a month for whatever content, so I mean it's it it, it it's value that way, um, and if you go with the three month plan for you know fifteen dollars a month, that's what people pay for stuff like you know Warcraft and and all the other MMOs that eventually go free to play. Yeah. So it's you know it's it's not bad that the that price though that's not that's separate from the cost of PlayStation Plus, correct? That is separate, yeah. So, I mean, so there's still, you still, uh, can you get PlayStation now without the PlayStation Plus account? I'm pretty sure you can. Okay. Because you can get PlayStation now on your phone. Like, you can stream that stuff to your, to your phone uh, or your PlayStation TV if you want okay. to. So you could buy a PlayStation TV and have a PlayStation Now subscription and have access to that library, which I'm curious to see how it's going to grow. Yeah. I'm curious to see how, how it's going to grow. Because if, if I start seeing PS4 games, like, that's an excellent move by Sony. Because PlayStation Now could actually be included into their televisions, period. Yes. Like, directly in. 
you know? I mean, shit, Bioshock Infinite is on that list. Yeah. yeah. Just to show you the, the, the quality of games that you can get. So, yeah, that's that's actually pretty good. I think it's a good move. I think the, you know, of course, if it was cheaper, it would be better, but I don't think asking $20 a month to access this pretty decent, pretty good-sized streaming library, I don't think that's too much. I, th- I think it's one of those things where you need to sit down and kind of look at your gaming budget. I mean, how often are you buying games? Uh, you know, how much money do you have to be spending on games? Um, you know, for some, like I said, for someone who who didn't buy a lot for the PS3 and may have missed out on a lot of stuff, um, and I'm kind of raising my hand here. Um, yeah, that you know, to have access to everything there. I mean, at first that may seem overwhelming, but but the thing too is like if 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 I were to do that, if I were to go ahead and, and sign up, I'm not going to be buying a lot for the PS4, um, and I probably have to decide, you know, between the uh, PlayStation Now or my my uh, World of Warcraft account just because. I can't see myself having time to, you know, or devoting the, enough time to both of them to make them both work worthwhile. That either I'm playing a lot on the PlayStation now, or I'm playing Warcraft a lot. Um, but if you've got the time, I think if anything, if you've got the time, it's definitely worth it because it's relatively cheap. You're only paying the twenty dollars a month, I, you know, and at that point, just don't, you know, just don't don't look at anything that's coming out new. Just work through the backlog because effectively, I mean, everybody's got backlog for all their consoles. And as soon as you sign up for that monthly thing, your backlog is everything that was ever released for that console. Right. So, you know, you, it'll it'll keep you busy. And, you know, maybe it might be the kind of thing, too, where maybe you just subscribe, like, you know, for one month, play as much as you can for that one month. And then maybe the next month you're like, OK, I'm, I'm not going to subscribe and uh, I'll have a life and see people and do stuff outside of my living room. So, I mean, you know, that might be another way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it's funny, because, like, if Kingdom Hearts was on that list, like, Kingdom Hearts for the PS3, I'd actually probably just get it to do that and put myself on a timer to beat that game. Mm. Because, actually, my PS3 is still hooked up, because I want to finish playing Kingdom Hearts, uh, the remix, or the um, the one that came out for PS3. I want to finish that game, and then I want to... I'm going to go buy Kingdom Hearts 2, uh, the 2.5, and play that on the PS3. I'm going to... Uh, yeah, so... If I the only reason I my PS3 is still hooked up right now, and the only reason I haven't been playing is because I'm just kind of like ah, I'll get around to it, and then I never do. And I kind of want to finish that up. There's a few games I actually want to play through uh, and finish that I have in my PS3, and then I'm actually going to box my PS3 and put it away. Actually, my PS2 is out right now because wow. I'm gonna fin- I am gonna finish Zone Avengers too. <laughs> my PS2 is hooked, is plugged up. And ready to go. I'm looking at the red light right now. How 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 does that look? It looks awesome because I have three generations of PlayStation sitting here. Nice. Right now. I have a PS2, I have a PS3, and a PS4. Three generations of PlayStation. Nice. Sony, they should they should give me a free year of PlayStation Plus. For for that. <laughs> So I can't find my original PlayStation. So I think I got lost when I moved. I would just I would just hook that up just for just for the uh, <laughs> you know just for the look. Well, just just get the uh, the PS4 that looks like the original PlayStation. Yeah, actually, somebody I know got one of those. I, oh. I, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, but I'm not gonna buy another PS4 for it. Like, that's I, one of those things I, I would have tried to maybe tried to get when I had a regular when like when I got a PS4, you know. Uh, but no, no thanks. I, I got the, uh, the the white Destiny bundle, 
And that's cool. It's cool that I got the white one. I was a little disappointed it wasn't the PlayStation one. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, so yeah, PlayStation Now start comes out on the 13th, which is going to be Tuesday. The PlayStation yeah. update. So tomorrow for everybody listening to this. Or if you listen to this when it comes out, which you should be, why wouldn't you? It's the best podcast on the goddamn internet. <laughs> when, when we record it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, when we record it. So next, uh, so Microsoft has a bunch of job openings, apparently. Um, and there's not a single article that talks about this, but just some articles I collected over the last week. One or a few positions are for cybersecurity. They, uh, I guess they're getting really serious about making sure that, you know, shit's secure. They don't want, uh, you know, out. they don't want outages. They don't want people's information stolen. And they are a target. Microsoft is a target. Uh, so, you know, I mean, people love to hate Microsoft. And a lot of people use Microsoft products actually, obviously, around the world and specifically in the gaming world. Um, so they are trying to beef up their security staff. How how old is Xbox Live? Oof. When did, that, did Xbox Live come out in 2002 or 2003? I can't it's remember. It's old, it, yeah. It's old. It's, it's, good over, it's, it's over 10 years old, yeah. Okay, and, and I mean, I know we've seen sort of an increase in the number of hackings lately. And this is good. It's good that they're being proactive in that regard. That it, uh, It's not like, they, well, I mean, as far as we know, it's not like they were hacked. And then that, now they're kind of retroactively uh, trying to fix everything. But it's still, I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm just misinterpreting this. Maybe this is just sort of their standard, like, hey, we're hiring in this division. Um, but it seems, it just, it seems like for the, the amount of networking that Microsoft supports, because it's not just Xbox Live. I mean, it is, you know, that's kind of what we're looking at, but they, their network is significantly larger than, than that. Uh, with what is Azure and... Uh, and all the other cloud systems that they support. And well, all, Azure mainly, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, Outlook and the, all the online services. Which um, is run off of Azure. So. Yeah. So, I mean, so Azure fundamentally. Um, and even that kind of supports Xbox Live. Xbox Live is off of Azure, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Well, they actually, if, I'm not sure if you've ever seen that Titanfall commercial that comes on Hulu. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, they they talked talk about, about that. Yeah. yeah, they talked about Azure. And yeah. I was like, man, it sucks that nobody's playing Titanfall, right? <laughs> I don't know, my Titan falls every time I lose in uh in Destiny. <laughs> oh, Nick, that was a good one. I like that. <laughs> but uh no. Um no, but it just seems like this is something that they should always be doing. They should have been doing this before. This department I don't want to say this department should always be hiring. I don't know what their proper headcount needs to be and that the turnover and burnout rates are. But it just it it just seems to me that this is never like security should never be like the new thing that we're pushing this quarter. Like this should always be something on their mind. And so it's good that they're doing that, but it's still, it just feels, it's a little bit, it's a little bit like kind of being like, well, now we're going to start, you know, living on a budget and saving money. Like You should have always been doing that. Uh, I think, I think security has always been a deal of, uh, you know, something they've been concerned about, but now I think they're going to be, what's the word? they're going to be trying to push bounds in terms of making it so that, if they do get DDoS, it's not as bad. Because the thing about DDoS, it's 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 an extremely basic attack. And over the years, like network equipment has gotten better at handling DDoS attacks, but it's still a pain in the ass. I mean, it's ultimately just clogging up a pipe with data. 
Well, did you see uh, what they said the the uh, the source of the lizard squad attacks was? No. Unsecured Linksys routers. Unsecured Linksys. Oh, okay. That, well, that makes sense. Yeah, that uh, that they they got some malware onto the routers and they were able to compromise them and then use them to send out uh, all the traffic. So it's not even Microsoft's fault that this is happening. It's everybody who didn't change their default admin password. Well, yeah, and that's a lot of people. So, exactly. I mean, yeah, but I mean that's the thing. Like, so what? As Microsoft, what do you do? You're not gonna. What are you gonna do? Talk to Linksys? Fix your shit? No. Like. You, there's always going to be some hardware device, some software out there that somebody's going to be able to exploit. Like, for example, you know how you know when, well, Windows still gets viruses, but not nearly as much as it used to. And a lot of people blame, blame Microsoft for Windows, you know, back with Windows XP and the beginning of Windows or Windows Vista and beginning of Windows 7. Blame, blame Microsoft for the infections and the viruses when the real culprits were software programs like Adobe Reader, Adobe Flash. That's how, you know, people were getting the viruses on their systems or getting infected. That's where the exploits were coming from, not necessarily Microsoft. So, well, you know... There, uh, there are those who were arguing at Microsoft um, back before... I want to say before XP was released with some of the changes they made to their networking protocols uh, who were basically saying that but, but what they're what they were doing with some of the the, the socketing uh, the socketing protocols and stuff that they were gonna sort of unleash uh, you know sort of make it easier for for there to be lots of viruses online um, and they actually kind of turned out to be right which is surprising because at the time they sounded like that crazy old man kind of yelling at people like the, the sky is falling yeah. Um, well, but, I mean, so there, lot- there, there were some people who saw that, and Microsoft did kind of make it easy. But on the same time, you're entirely right that a lot of this stuff it's it's more than just Microsoft, and that yeah, there's you know it's all the third party developers and stuff, and, and you know like yeah, Microsoft's not exactly responsible for Adobe putting out shitty software. Right. Yeah. But like, what you're talking about specifically is with ActiveX, and that got patched up pretty quickly. But there was a not, huge not stigma. Even act, not even ActiveX. Like it, I'm talking about like the the base networking technology. As far as like, I think even access, like accessing drivers and Windows and stuff, like this, like some some very low level stuff that, that some people were saying they could have kept a little tighter. Yeah, but at the same time, like you need like, administrative access. I'm not, I'm not even I'm not even talking on like the administrative access level, and I, I that's a whole that's a whole separate issue. Don't get me into the whole administrative access thing. <laughs> that always pisses me off. But uh, no, it's. No, it, it's – I mean it's just one of those things where – I mean you, you look at the evolution of the computer. I mean you know, everybody's computer is online all the time now. Right, like, you yeah. Know, you, you get your computer home. You don't turn it off. You don't unplug it. You don't you – know, you, you connect it. Maybe you connect it over Wi-Fi. Maybe you connect it with a cable and you just leave it on. And you know, the, it didn't start that way. <laughs> I mean I remember you know, we used to have, you come home from school, boot the computer up, dial in through the modem. Like there was you – know, there was a significant shift that happened. They got us here, and it's one of those things where, you know, you know, going back 20 years, security was not as much of an issue as it should have been, you know, at every critical decision point that was made, and we're seeing the results of that now. And it's hard to go back onto a system that's, in some in some cases, 30 years old. Um, you know, it's hard to go back and kind of try to you know, put, you know, affix security onto that. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, even, I mean, you, you know, it's one of those things too. I mean, you can really get into the whole talk of how open the net should be and even how, you know, TCIP as far as just a protocol doesn't afford any real level of security because it's just 
information being passed. It's not supposed to worry exactly. about Exactly. And that's why they're talking, what is it? They have, uh, they're trying to, you know, like come up with like a secure TCP IP, which would basically, you know, redo the whole internet. And, you know, but then who controls that? Who gets the keys? It's, it's, it's an argument that's bigger than, than gaming. Um, I kind of hope, I, I kind of think that things should stay as they are, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. There's too much money at stake here. And uh, I feel like, you know, we're, we're going to watch the internet get locked, locked down. But um, aside from that, though, at least it's good that Microsoft is getting more security. That's always good. Well the, well, the point I was trying to make originally was that... <laughs> we got way off topic. Yeah, yeah that originally is that Microsoft isn't just securing what they have, but they're probably... They want, some, they want people who have a good amount of experience uh, in the computer science. They don't, they're not just looking for people who have ma- bachelor's or master's, but they want you to have six years of experience in design and development. And so they're probably going to be looking to, you know, conceptually fix problems like that people are just dealing with right now. Like when, when you get a DDO, when you get DDOS, it's kind of like you just deal with it. You know, yeah. well, how can we stop that from happening or how can we negate it? I mean, especially with the Azure cloud, like they, 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 that infrastructure is so powerful. They can probably, you know, utilize it to, to, or at least for their stuff to, you know, negate DDoS is like, you know, how do you break up that, you know, those, those packets coming in? Can you send them elsewhere? Can you reroute them? Can you identify the packets that need to be moved? Like stuff yeah. like that. Like how how can you do that? That's probably what their team uh, will be working on. Well, if they can, if they, I mean, if they can figure that out, then I mean, that's not just a boon for Microsoft. That's a boon for everybody. Oh no, it's a boon for Microsoft because if you want that, you'll probably have to hop onto their infrastructure. Yeah, but I I, I feel like that's the kind of thing that's like coming up with like the cure for cancer. Like you can't just hoard that for yourself. And I oh, but they will. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like I understand what you're saying. But they will hoard the cure for cancer. Yeah, but it's not... I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on here and say they already got it, but they don't want to use it. <laughs> they already got it. They're just hiring these people as a smoke screen. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like, If Microsoft figures out a way on their network internally to do that, I seriously doubt they're going to release that information out because it's probably propri- very proprietary you know, uh, information. Yeah, and all, all of a sudden they'll start selling, like, routers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, actually, like, you, they, Microsoft has a bunch of stuff internally that they don't use externally, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, this is not a tech podcast, so I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some amazing things that Microsoft has internally that when I heard about them, I'm like, that would be so cool if they released that. If they actually push that out in, ter- in terms of my job as like you know an engineer, like yeah. that'd be so cool to use, but they don't. I, to, I actually one, one quick story. I uh, I'm not gonna get too technical with it either, but I had this problem I was dealing with one time for this client on this server, and basically their backup domain controller uh, had shit the bed, and the primary had also shit the bed, and um, I called Microsoft. Like, well, what are we going to do about Active Directory? And this dude, once I got the actual server back stable, he used this magical tool to completely restore Active Directory out of nowhere. It hmm. was amazing. And it was not a tool that was available for the public. You know, so they they have tons of stuff back then. I don't know. They should, I wish they would share more, but they don't. 
but yeah, so the yeah, Microsoft hiring more security guys, I think it's it's gonna be more than just you know locking up what they have, but also trying to help out more in the future. Uh, also, other jobs they got going on, or or people they're looking for, they're looking for people to help out with Connect again. Uh, Microsoft has a, a new development team where they're trying to form a new development team that's going to work on top secret projects uh, that will push the envelopes of today's and tomorrow's technology as we explore new ideas from the ground up. So this is going to be uh, Connect-based. Actually, I'll just read the little passage they have here. If you're passionate about the pre- the potential for Connect to continue to revolutionize entertainment and are a seasoned software de- engineer with skills to prototype and build the future of premium Connect-powered experiences, we are we have a growing team of talented people that uh, who want to take the entertainment into the future. That's what they're saying. Uh, so one thing that I'm happy about this ad is that it doesn't talk about gaming. <laughs> this ad does not talk about gaming. So they may actually be moving on from Connect as a gaming thing to more of just an entertainment thing. Because I know there's a lot of people who like having a Connect on the TV and just being able to talk to their TV and their TV does it. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's cool. I always thought the Connect, the way Microsoft implemented the Connect for entertainment, was pretty cool. I just don't think it has a place in gaming. You know, I well, that's. I think that all comes down to whether you you view the the Xbox as primarily a gaming or an entertainment device. That is true. If you're Microsoft, you think it's an entertainment device. If you're a gamer, you think it's a gaming device, or barely. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, actually, there, there's more to this to to this. Uh, this uh this job offering uh something i really haven't seen before but i'll read it anyway it says joining this team comes with risks most of what we do uh, of what we work on is top secret you may not know what your project is until you've accepted an offer not all of our ideas will fly we will fail and fail fast on some projects we will collab- we will celebrate those failures because they are vital to making sure the right idea take off in a big way if you're comfortable, if you if you want a comfortable standard uh, role job at Microsoft with no ambiguity or risk, please don't apply. So, I mean, another thing about failing, uh, especially when you're dealing with a big company like Microsoft, is that if you fail too much, if if if, no, if you can't push out anything that's worth the money to the company, you probably lose your job. <laughs> well, they. I don't know. For some reason, this makes me feel like this isn't just Connect. This is also like their entry into the VR market, and the whole like kind of like fast development, fast iteration, and then you know fast failure to kind of get onto the next iteration and, and and that kind of like speed development thing. For some reason, it just it just makes it makes me think this is this is some kind of like cutting edge technology that they really want to get into that they don't have a toehold in yet, and I that to me feels like VR. Like, like they know Sony's been working on the Morpheus, uh, you know they they see the the buzz around the Oculus Rift, um, and right now all they've got is a system that they can't even force people to use. Um, so and and it's it's a motion tracking system, not even a VR system. So I, that to me is is kind of I I, I I don't know. That's just my kind of like back of the like back of the head reaction. Like okay, they want Connect for VR, and that's what they're working on here. Maybe that's a that's a that's a pretty big jump, Nick. I, just, I know I, I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> yeah. If we're, if we're gonna start off 2015, let's start off with some big speculation. <laughs> <laughs> and if they do have connect with VR sometime in the next 
whenever Nick dies, he's like, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, my, right. my record on uh my my record on predictions is, is uh actually I think I got one right in the last month, so it's about it's about as good as my ability to, to kill things in the crucible. <laughs> Which is terrible, by the way. Which is he terrible. Told me, he told me some stories. I'm just kind of like, yeah. oh, Nick. I'm 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 level seven right now, and so I don't I don't do too well. Yeah. But uh, no. But the the one thing though that, that is interesting that goes along with this is I know that uh, in the last month Microsoft announced I think they either announced or they actually ended the uh, sales of the Connect version one for uh, PC. There's right. the so I, I know that they're moving on. Like the only connect you can get now is the one that's with the Xbox 360. No, the Xbox One. I can't even keep track of which console is new. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the Connect 2.0. That's the only thing that's available for PC. So Microsoft is definitely. It sounds weird to say that they're still supporting the Connect. They're still pushing the Connect since they've disassociated it from the Xbox. But they still have high hopes for it. They do, and in, in some aspect. Yes. In some aspect. So, uh, let's see. So, they, they, they do have high hopes for the Connect, but at the same time, they are uh, loosening the chokehold the Connect has over the Xbox even further, which would actually, I guess, cause developers, or guess they give developers reason to not use it in games. Uh, so, what's happening? Like We know that Microsoft, they... they uh, uh, well, I, what was it, June or a little bit before June? It, it was sometime earlier in 2014 where Microsoft allowed developers to use more CPU power uh, where the where the Kinect used to use it. Now they allowed their, uh, you know, games to use it instead. And so we we would see, you know, see that boost uh, in power from, from games that wasn't going to be there before because the Kinect was integral. And uh, this, I, this is, I'm pretty sure this was after they had announced that the connect there was going to be a connectless version of the Xbox One. Yeah. Uh, and now there was also there was a, 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 a leak of the SDK or a new SDK. Uh, there was a leak in November, and uh, somebody someone has broke down what the uh, what what's going on with the SDK and its instructions. And it looks like Microsoft is loosening that grip even more the Connect has over the system. Uh, and you developers will be able to use, I guess it's like a 30% like boost in power on one of the cores. The, the Xbox uses eight cores, and on the seventh core, up until now, or I guess up until SDK, a game could only use 50% of that core. But after this update, a game could use up to 80% of the core. And the way the connect rolls in is that if you decide to use more than 50% of the core, your game cannot use custom connect commands. You can still use stuff like Xbox Record or Xbox, you know, Snap, whatever it is. I don't have a connect, so I don't know the commands. But you will not be able to have, like, commands in your game. Like, I think, what game was this? NBA 2K14? I think. Maybe 2K14, where if you cursed and your connect yes. heard it, like you would get a technical foul. Yes. You know, so you know that like stuff like that will not be, uh, wouldn't would not work anymore. But a developer can use 30% more of that core, so you can have if you, if your game does not require any type of connect activity or connect you know functionality, 
you could increase the power of the game, which I think is great because I now that I have both, and actually my my friend he just bought a PS4 uh, on Friday, and just playing the PS4 for a few hours, it's like this is so much better because he, he had Destiny on on Xbox One. He so he found it. I played it. He came over and watched, and he was like, "Okay, fine. I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a PlayStation 4." Got a PlayStation 4 and bought Destiny for PlayStation 4. He's like, it's so much better on PS4. Well, isn't the, the complete Destiny experience is intended for PlayStation? Isn't that what they keep it saying? It is. It definitely <laughs> is. So, yeah. And that's why my PlayStation 4 is white. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's... Uh, now, I guess maybe Microsoft can get closer to actually catching up with Sony. Because there's more, more games have come out that... Uh, you know, get better benchmarks on the PlayStation than they do on the Xbox. More games have come out where they have a better resolution on the PlayStation 4 than the Xbox One. So now maybe we'll start to see Microsoft come closer or even match PlayStation on more games. The sad thing about it is that you're not going to see these bumps on... Uh, you probably won't see it on bumps on, until like twenty the end of 2015, like the games that are coming out in that batch, maybe. Yeah. Because like for the next six months, the games that are coming out for the next six months, they're probably almost wrapped up and ready to go. Like they're in a development state or process now where it's too late to try to implement these changes. You know, always issue a patch and just have everybody re-download the whole game. Oh yeah, well I might as well. Ubisoft already started that trend. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so we're gonna see that more power will be available for games soon. On the Xbox, we'll see. You know, Microsoft's still in the game, still in the game, trying to, you know, catch up there. Uh, actually, there was a, that, you know, what that is one thing that I forgot. There was a bit of news that came out. I think Sony has sold like 18 million PlayStations now. Is that true? Let's see. Uh, PS4 sales. That that's I can't believe I missed that. Where is it? Yeah, here we go. 18.5 PlayStation 4s. Yeah, they sold. Uh, um, through the holiday season, Microsoft has not come out with a with a new uh, well, with, the, a, with a new number yet. The last time we looked at the sales numbers, I think it was before. Well, obviously, it was before Christmas because that's the last time we talked. Yeah. Um, but it was still in the in the midst of the holiday season, and I know we were saying that for the last quarter, Xbox actually sold better than PlayStation the last quarter. But in it, the month of November. Yeah, but it, or the month of November, but it was still by no means the difference was enough for them to begin to catch up on the install base. You know, so, I mean, yeah, PlayStation 4 still has a lead. And it's, you know, it's, it's uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to say it seems insurmountable, um, but I, I have a feeling it's, I have a feeling that they're going to, they're going to continue to to lead for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah, like so I, I, Microsoft. I think the last time they checked in, they had sold just over 10 million consoles. And I'm curious to see because they they had that 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 price drop and a jump in sales, but I'm curious to see how many actually sold. I'm not finding any numbers on Microsoft. But I actually one thing I forgot about is that the Xbox One went back up to four hundred dollars on January first. You know, somebody put up on on Twitter over the last few weeks uh, footage. I don't know where the footage was from, but it was—I uh, want to say it was uh, Kaz Harai, but it may have been uh, 
another Sony executive speaking somewhere, and it said the it was a, like an official presentation they were giving, like a PowerPoint. It said the console war is over. PlayStation Two has won, and then it gave like the sales data for the PlayStation Two oh, yeah. versus, versus the other consoles at the time, and it's it's hilarious to look at that because no, no, the console war is not over. The console war will never end. Yeah, it won't. And if it does end, we're actually in a lot of trouble. So the console <laughs> war is over. Your PC is better than anything you can plug in. Yeah. Well, I would say we'd be in a lot of trouble because, you know, whoever wins the console war, if it's ever, if there's ever a winner, they will not be a benevolent ruler. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. They will, they will not be a benevolent ruler. I just found a funny headline. It says Xbox One sales will dominate America in 2016. That just sounds funny. I mean, if, if that comes up... that long? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, that's a good point. I just totally forget we will, We are just getting into 2015. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, 2016 is next year, but that's still a good good ways away. Yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> well, by that time, probably everybody who has PS4s is going to have one. That, that means Dodge so Sony would completely dominate PS4s in 2015. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, Xbox One is what you buy when you buy your second console. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I am curious to see, you know, what, so what, you know, what, uh, what, what their sales are. I'm thinking 15 million, Nick. I'm thinking around 15 million. I'd buy that. I'd believe that. Yeah. So I'm thinking around 15 million because there's a bunch of people who went and bought one like me just because, like, man, the price is so cheap. The price isn't going to be this cheap for a while. And that's that's definitely one way to gain ground when you're losing in a console war. That is. Exactly, but then again, like I bought it, I bought the Xbox One, and I tell people all the time, I was like, it sits there. <laughs> <laughs> it sits there, looking at me. Well, that's because you have a PS4. What you, what they really need to hit is the people who didn't have a console and, and saw that the Xbox One was three hundred and fifty, and they're like, okay, now I can jump into the next generation, and now I can start playing all those great exclusive games like the Halo Master Chief Edition and the uh, Sunset Overdrive. Right. Right. So, uh, let's see, let's move on to our last topic, which is uh, another kind of, another blow for Microsoft. Uh, so, Far Cry users came home one day last week and weren't able to play Far Cry. Far Cry 4 had re- been removed from the store for some reason. Ubisoft was looking into it, like Ubisoft didn't understand what the problem was, and so was Microsoft why Far Cry 4 was removed. But when it got removed, people who had bought Far Cry 4 uh, were, they weren't able to play it if they could find it in their library. A lot of them were it was missing from their libraries, period. And that's that's some scary stuff right there. That something can happen and, and a game gets removed from your library. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, 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 that that's even an option that to happen. But the thing about it, you know, that that's one of the prices you pay with digital distribution. Digital distribution is awesome, and the fact that, you know, a game can come out at midnight, and then I could be at home and, like, sweatpants and a wife beater and just download it, especially with preloading. You know, yeah. it, it, it's it's awesome in that manner. But the problem with, you know, games and digital distribution is that it has to be linked to an account, and if something happens to that account, or, you know, the, all of your games can go away, you won't be able to access certain games, maybe. Or something like this happens where a game gets removed and, oops, they accidentally remove your access from the game, too. I I have had games removed from Steam. 
you know, not games that I paid for. I'll be honest with you. It's not games that I paid for, but games like I got like a review copy of, you know, from a developer or something like that. And then I look back and it's gone. Like so you're saying has... they didn't like your review then? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like I think maybe it was a time thing, like, you know, but they they have the ability to take games off of my account. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Actually, I had my Steam account hacked one time and it took two weeks for me to get it back. That's two weeks I could not play my Steam games, which was almost all of the games on my PC. Yes. I could not play Steam games. Could you for... play games that, that weren't Steam games that you linked through Steam? Yes, I could. Okay. But yeah, like uh, if it was a Steam game, I could not play it. On top of that, Steam support is terrible. Though when I first talked to them, they gave me somebody else's account, <laughs> and all of his friends kept trying to talk to me in Spanish. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not the dude, and they're like, "K," okay? like, you know. So that's the extent of Spanish that I know. But um, <laughs> the dude. <laughs> yeah. No K. No. No soy el dude. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, like that—that that is one of the problems with digital distribution. That's why on console, I still prefer to have a disc. To be honest with you, even though I think on Xbox it's a little different because you, when you get the disc, the disc just installs onto the Xbox. So technically speaking, it could still happen. Yeah, the PS4 is a little different. So I don't know. I uh, it sucks for those guys, but they, they got it back. They got it back. So I mean, I think I think it was resolved pretty quickly. But the simple fact that it can happen. It's a pain in the ass. Like this is the new age of gaming, where you know you don't own your software. <laughs> you know, yeah. like and you never really owned your software to begin with. We've gone over this several times because of the licensing. But at the same time, like you know, if I have a copy of a game on my PS3, I can pop it in and play it. Versus me having a physical copy of Far Cry 4 on Xbox One and then losing access to it. Well, not not even that. But just look at the transition from, like, the PS3 to the PS4 with all the stuff you bought digitally that, like, now you, you – like, at best you can access that through the PlayStation now. Um, and, I mean, I guess it's a little naive to sort of expect, like, oh, because you can't just, like, throw a disc from your PlayStation 2 into your PlayStation 3 um, and, you know, expect that to work, you know, all the time. Um, but still, I think – you you would think that there'd be a level of sort of backwards compatibility. I mean, backwards compatibility does exist to the degree that, yes, you can play your PlayStation 3 games on the PlayStation 4. And it seems a little bit weird to think, you know, or maybe maybe not weird, but is it wrong to make the argument, like, I bought Bioshock Infinite for the PlayStation 3. Why can't I play that through PlayStation Now on the PlayStation 4 for, you know, for no money because I already have the game? You know, right, you know, like, yeah. Why, why couldn't I make that argument? You know, what I kind of want to know is, like, I have Destiny for the PlayStation 4. You know, why can't I pull up my account on the PlayStation 3? I thought that I thought that was one of the neat things is when I started up Destiny, I had actually played the beta on the PlayStation 3 previously. And so it downloaded my character from the beta. So I was already, like, you know, I only played for, like, 20 minutes. But that's 20 minutes that I, I sat waiting for it to download instead of playing on the PlayStation 4. So my character was already there when I started. That was nice. I thought that was kind of cool that I could have started on the old system and continue on the new system. And I, I'd like it if I could, like, you know, go back and, you know, sort of choose. Because right now I have the PlayStation 3 on one TV. PlayStation 4 is on another TV. I'd like it if I could decide between which console that I want to play it on. I guess I'd have to buy Destiny for the PlayStation 3 in order to do that, which that seems a bit excessive. But, 
I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm making an argument. I guess I, I want I want my games to work on all the consoles. I buy the game once, and it should work on everything. Yeah, that's that's that that is something that could definitely happen with digital distribution. I mean, it should have happens on PC. I can move from PC to PC. Yeah, and pull up games like that was actually one. Also, I had to go to uh, I had to go uh, fly out for something for work, and I was like, well. I'm kind of bored in my hotel room. What 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 can I do? So I downloaded Steam, and then I just downloaded a few games that I knew I knew would work on that laptop, and that that worked for me for that weekend. You know, so that that's that's one of the good things about the distribution. However, uh, consoles it doesn't it doesn't work that way, unfortunately, and it, it won't work that way. Maybe in the future, but not now because of the architecture. The yeah. the, the architecture. Of the difference between the PS3 and the PS4, and the Xbox and the Xbox Xbox 360 and the Xbox One. I mean, you, you downloading your character data—that's just metadata, you know. Yeah. Something on Destiny servers that they can, you yeah. know, put into the new game. But no, no actually, I thought that was cool that they let me do that. Yeah, but actually having a full game because, like, you know, a full game has to be redeveloped for a new console, and that's why we're yeah. paying for it. Yeah, but in, in this case though, that game exists. <laughs> like, yes, I can. I could buy Destiny on the PlayStation Three. Right. Yeah, the cool. best, the closest thing we have to that is uh, crossplay with the PS4. Where you buy yeah. the game once, and then that's it. And that's well, cool. Well, I mean, even then, like I got one of the other things I got for Christmas was the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Blu-ray, and that came with like the Blu-ray and the DVD. So it's like I can, you know, if I still have the old, you know, an old DVD player for whatever reason, I can still watch it on there. And so, like, it's almost, you know, it makes me wonder, like, and I know why games don't do this, because it's expensive, and, you know, churning out a DVD isn't the same as, churn- but then at that point, you still have the code for both systems, so why not just sell a two-pack, and I guess I'd have to go buy that, so it's all on my fault for not buying the right stuff, I guess. <laughs> right, right. So I'm just saying, like, it's, uh, I think console users are just now getting used to digital distribution, but this is kind of a bad way to start it. This is actually, actually, no, Steam wasn't even this bad, in my opinion, when it first started. Steam wasn't as, as what it is now. Yeah. It's like a few years for Steam to uh, find its footing. But, I mean, Steam suffered so that these other platforms didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> like, so they shouldn't be running into, you know, stuff like this. In my, in are, my are, you, are you saying the game is Jesus? <laughs> yeah, he, he's, ga- he's gamer Jesus. Uh, yeah, actually, for those who play Destiny, um, actually, I, and I, you haven't even gotten far this far into the game, Nick. But uh, Crota, there, Crota is like one of the gods for the Hive, and uh, our nickname for him is Hive Jesus, because it's basically the same thing. Like it's, 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 he, he <laughs> oh, it's funny to me. I'm laughing at it. People are like, what the fuck is so funny? <laughs> but it's a uh, He's the son of Oryx, which is like their god. So he's God's son. Okay. And he's dead. <laughs> oh. His soul is trapped somewhere. So yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's, it's pretty. And he comes back to life. Oh, he, so he's he s- sweet, sweet zombie Crota. Yeah, yeah. He's Hive Jesus is what we call him. Nice. So, but yeah, uh, digital distribution. It's so promising, but then when it when we see it implemented, it. I, I, it's implemented poorly in so many different ways. Well, I, I think the issue is mostly when you have it linked up to an account that requires like online authentication. Is that the the argument is as long as as long as you need to go to an external server before you can play your game, 
you're going to run into a problem at some point because they're like at some point that server is coming down. Right. Whereas like you can take out your PlayStation two and you can put in zone of the enders and you can play that. And that's awesome. And that works. And as long as your hardware works, as long as the hardware physically functions, you are fine going forward. Um, but you could have working hardware in this case and all somebody needs to do is just turn off a switch and that server, wherever the, you know, wherever their data center is, is, that server goes down. And even though your game and your hardware work fine, you can't play that anymore in the future. And that's, it's, you know, that, that, that sucks. That's one of the downsides. It's one of the trade-offs to not having to deal with the physical media. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully, you know, in the future we have less problems. And I mean, one of the fears of digital distribution is, you know, if a service gets shut down or, you know, you might have some licensing problems and then all of a sudden you lose access to something that you paid for, that, that, that's a big deal. Well, there was, I mean, there was even a, there was a, uh, I want to say it was one of the Ubisoft games that wasn't showing up on Steam for a few days because Ubisoft and Steam were working out some kind of agreement, an agreement, like whatever license they had for the game expired. And I don't know if, I don't think it was necessarily that anybody who had the game couldn't play it. I don't think they were affected. I think it was just that the game wasn't on sale on Steam. Yeah. And some people thought that was odd. But yeah, I mean, when you have, especially in a world where you've got multiple services like this, like, you know, especially it's one thing if it's, you know, like if, if for a PlayStation game, oh, Sony made the game, Sony put it out, Sony supporting it, you know that Sony's the only person you have to worry about preventing you from accessing the game. But when you've got a third party involved at that point, if they and Sony ever come, you know, start button heads, Sony might say, well, you know, we couldn't work out an agreement with them. So no more game for you. And again, that's all external, you know, external bullshit that you're, you're stuck dealing with and preventing you from playing your game. Yeah. And one of the, the, the another reason I don't really like that is uh, the fact that, you know, with physical games, if a, if a if a if a company decides to stop making a game, the games are still out there. You can buy them on a secondhand market, but not nice. with digital with digital distribution. You can't once they stop, it's over. Like if you didn't have, if you don't have it, sorry, forget about it. It's, yeah. it's done. That that's that's I I think that's a problem. Yeah. And as more games go digital, uh, I think we're gonna start seeing some of the problems we see with like uh like a Netflix where you know you could be watching a movie on December thirty first and January first that movie is now gone. Yeah. Because of licensing agreements. Well, that's not such an issue with movies. I mean, the TV shows is more. It's like oh, I'll watch the finale tomorrow. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, true. <laughs> uh, but like um, actually Sega and there were some games that were gone uh from the uh, Alien series for a few. Yes, days. that's what I was thinking of. That, yes. Oh, that and that was a uh. And that was that you know, it wasn't a big cry for those games, but you know things like that happen. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, I think that's gonna wrap us up. That's gonna wrap up our podcast, our uh, first podcast of 2015. Uh, let's see what's coming out soon. Oh, that's right, I'm not gonna mention it because it's uh, it's like the end of the month where things are coming. A few things are coming out, like Dying Light and Saints Row Get Out of Hell. Other than that, there's nothing to play. Get Back out of time. Out? Get Out of Hell is coming out at the end of January, yeah. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, other than that, guys, nothing to play for now. <laughs> and uh, you should work on your backlog. All right, so let's see Which... what we have coming up. So we last week we released a new WoW Thoughts. We released a new Double Tap. 
uh, second episode of Double Tap for the FGC. This week, obviously, MASHCast. We have a special edition MASHCast coming out on Wednesday uh, about Destiny and the Crucible. Ooh. Okay. Uh, WoW Talk, of course. Oh, well, not WoW Talk. Sorry. Uh, WoW Thoughts. You got a new WoW Thoughts coming this week, Nick? Uh, yeah, well, I'll, yeah, I'll talk to you about that offline. All right, cool. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's it for now. We got a new Double Tap coming at the beginning, uh, either at the end of January or the beginning of February, like the first week of February or the last week of January, and we'll, uh, you know, I'll let you guys know on Facebook or Twitter when that's coming. Uh, maybe another new podcast. I'm in, I'm talking to some people about another what? new podcast, so we will see. We will is, see. Is it anybody whose name rhymes with Yo? Whose name rhymes with Yo? From Yaming Yoger? No. Oh. No. <laughs> no. It, it is not. His name his name does not rhyme with no. That's what yeah. <laughs> no on yo, Nick. So uh <laughs> all right, so that's gonna wrap us up. Uh you can thank you for listening, as always. You can catch us on SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash smash those buttons. We are on iTunes for your iOS devices. We are on uh, Stitch Smart Radio for your Android and iOS devices for streaming. We are on twitter.com slash MTB site. We are on facebook.com slash smash those buttons and youtube.com slash smash those buttons. Like I said, thank you for listening. Uh, and we will catch you guys next week. Have a great 2015, everybody. Yeah.